everybody so today I am doing one star reviews of my favorite books um, I saw someone on YouTube do this at some point and I wanted to do it I like went through Goodreads and got all the reviews way back like a long time ago and I honestly have zero idea what books are even on this list or I don't even remember the reviews but I do remember it was really funny and it was fun and I had a good time doing it so I'm gonna read some of these ridiculous one-star reviews of books that I liked I can already tell the first book is Midnight Sign by Stephanie Meyer I wouldn't call that a favorite book so I'm thinking maybe what I did is books that I gave five stars to and that is kind of how I did this favorite book thing I think I went through all the books I read last year that I gave five stars to and I read all the one star reviews or like the funny one star reviews and then I put them in here but either way um, I think it is going to be funny I remember it being really funny when she was reading them so I'm hoping that it will be funny when I read them So like I said, the first one is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. 3% of reviewers gave it one star. Zoe writes, this book proved that Edward is more of a stalker than Joe Goldberg. And that's saying something. Also, I haven't seen the newest season of You. And they're already like basically about to come out with the next one. And I'm like, oh God, Joe. Like, why do you keep killing people? Brittany Christine writes, On the bright side, my year can only go up from here. I could sit here and harp on how bad this book is, how it was poorly written and unnecessary addition to a finished series and full of harmful tropes, but we already know that, so it would be redundant. I'll simply say, this book is just a vampire retelling of the book You by Carolyn Kepnes and leave it there. That's funny because that is the same thing. So those are two. I, I'm curious why I got two that both mention you and, like, Joe, but, um... Apparently there is a theme. Lindsay Darling writes, Look, I'm doing this for high school Lindsay. She had to suffer through the low-rise jeans phase, so I owe it to her. Even though she and I will never be cool with Bella's floor-length khaki skirt. Um, so that was like her whatever. And then she said, update, DNF at 34%. Look, I can't even do this for low-rise jeans high school Lindsay. I'd like to say she'd understand, but the day Stephanie Meyer posted the leaked chapters on her website, high school Lindsay drove to the public library after school just to read them, and she loved them. High school Lindsay was a moron. Edward's POV adds nothing to the new, adds nothing new to the story. It's mainly just him going on and on and on about every little thing so much so that I, an annoying as fuck overthinker, couldn't tolerate it. Bella may be one-dimensional, but at least she knows how to move the plot along. Edward is incapable of doing so. Also, a lot of the dialogue didn't really make sense from his point of view. It's almost as if Stephanie Meyer was writing all these inner monologues for Edward and then remembered she needed to include the dialogue from the first book, so she just plopped it in random places. I don't disagree with that statement. <laughs> none of this, none of his thoughts are snarky or amused, but his dialogue certainly is. The two don't match. And yes, yes, I'm aware that not everyone says what they're thinking, but there were parts in Twilight where he seemed genuinely, genuinely, genuinely amused by Bella, yet none of his thoughts reflect that. Thus, it feels patched together. Really a shame that this didn't come out 14 years ago. High school Lindsay would already own a pillowcase of the cover. As it is, present day Lindsay is still, they make pillowcase covers of books? Uh, suffering from the effects of low-rise jeans had on my hips so I'm not even sorry for quitting this so sorry to your high school version of yourself root writes we all make mistakes and I think mine was reading this Inna writes wish this had come out before I developed critical thinking skills Arya writes nostalgia is toxic if occasionally entertaining impulse 
What this book needs is an editor willing to put it on the chopping block, excising 400 pages. There are poten- there's potential and hilarious moments and interesting Cullen history insights, but it's buried under a slog of unedited emo Edward Inks. I will confess to skimming the second half because I was not wasting a week to this epic. Thank goodness for libraries. Um, so thank goodness for libraries one because this isn't a book I felt the need to go out and buy. And then also... Um, I do think it was interesting to see sort of like the backlog or like the background or whatever about the Collins. Like I remember thinking that that part was interesting, but like obviously the rest is just the same exact book over again. So is it really necessary? Namivore writes, at Stephanie Meyer, how dare you making me read this with my own eyes? <laughs> Anna Laura writes, I'm free. Worst experience of my fucking life in all capital letters. Lena writes, I never thought I would say this, but Twilight was better. <laughs> Or maybe it really wasn't, though it didn't annoy me as much because it wasn't like 1,000 freaking pages long. I think it's like 600 pages long or something, but like all of the people that were reading this book were also reading the Akatar series, so I know you can put in the work. Alka writes, okay, so when 13-year-old me was walking around saying men are trash, Edward Cullen was always exempt, but today when I read this book from his POV as a 21-year-old, I feel like I lost 25% of my brain cells, and that is not appreciated. No. Next, I have To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. We all know I absolutely love and cherish these sweet little books, and Laura Jean is a sweet baby angel. 2% of reviewers gave it one star. Georgie writes, I hate this book more than I hate people who use the bathroom stall next to you when literally every stall is open. Danielle writes, this was a super cute book that was written really nicely with great character building. By the end of the book, I felt very connected to each character, and... Like, I was a part of the family. At least, I kind of wanted to be. Due to a recital party or have a bake-off, to do a recital party or have a bake-off with the song girls would be fun. But, my complaint is the story was slow and honestly not that much happened until the end, I suppose. Although, the author makes gets major kudos for her world and character building. The book would have been really enjoyable read when I was in my young teens, but now I just need more drama or something. It was a nice change, though to have such innocent characters in an innocent story. I listened to this as an audiobook and really enjoyed the narrator, although she does an obnoxious, girly, whiny voice almost way too well, lol. I don't know why I included this. I guess maybe to say I'm confused why they gave it one star if they had so much nice things to say about it. I think that's probably why. Sumi writes, Laura Jean is the biggest obnoxious idiot. Great, it's fine, you want to write letters, but why are you fucking putting stamps in the addresses? <laughs> Literally fuck this. Gwenda Said writes, Oh no, what was that? Summary, drama, 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 drama. Laura Jean was annoying, childish, and unrealistic for a 16-year-old girl, and the book was extremely slow and predictable and had no purpose at all. Stacy writes, DNF. I love the synopsis, but I couldn't connect with the main character. Her voice was very immature, and for the first 30 pages or so, I thought she was 12 or 13 when she's actually 16 or 17. I saw all of the reviews talk about how swoony the boys are, but I didn't see it. I do think she seemed, the first time I read it, the first time I read it, that she did seem kind of younger, but I just think that that's just, like, she just is, like, this, like, very wholesome, like, not typical for her age kind of innocent that, um, is just a thing about her character because her older sister isn't like that her younger sister isn't like that it's just her so it's not like the author it's not like Jenny Han doesn't know how to write accurate descriptions for ages because the boys seem accurate like Peter Kavinsky seems accurate like um Belly and the Summer I Turned Pretty which is the same author just a different series like she seems accurate so I don't think it's that she can't write an appropriate age range I think that she does Laura Jean just really is just that like innocent Catherine Ford writes, this book made me so angry. Normally I'm sad or happy or a bit fed up, but never angry like this. The book goes along in one long drag 
Then suddenly it just stops in the middle of nowhere. Dear Peter, what the hell? That is not a cliffhanger. It is an unfinished book. A lot of things don't get resolved and it is all just so blah. I refuse to read the rest of the series unless someone can really convince me. What a waste of two days. Which, okay, if the book took you two days to read, which, like, I think I read it faster than that. But if a book took you two days, like, you weren't hating it. You don't read a book in two days and hate it. Susie Goldstone writes, it's not cute, it's not funny, it's annoying and boring, and I'm sorry, but I just didn't like it, okay? Glenna writes, Laura Jean is a wet noodle. <laughs> and then she does this shrug that you, like, type out all the characters um, to do the shrug instead of writing in emojis, and I think that's kind of funny. Dear Martin by Nick Stone. I freaking love this. I freaking love Dear Justice. I love Nick Stone. She can do no wrong. Zero percent gave it one star, so not even a full percentage gave it one star. Maya writes, this book is just a pure ripoff of Angie Thomas's book, The Hate You Give. Do not read this if you're looking for an actual good book. I don't think they're the same story, so there's that. And I did also like The Hate You Give. Katrina Tangan writes, this is not a story, it's an essay. 75% of it is people sitting around having conversations about race. It's one of the most didactic stories I've read, literally in the case of in the case of the conversations that take place in a classroom, which is saying something because I've read some truly terrible Christian fiction. And I was disappointed that MLK barely comes into it. I thought it would interact more with his writings. Which is fair if you're saying Dear Martin like you think it's going to have more to do with Martin Luther King. <laughs> Probably. Lindsay Wang writes, Gosh, I feel so bad for giving this book one star. The concept was great, but the delivery was not great. It was complicated more than it should have been. It would have been too much for me to say it was okay, but I feel terrible for giving it a one star rating. Anyways, I do not like the book, but I think it wouldn't hurt for someone else to read it. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate saying, like, I don't like it. It's not for me, but, like, I do think, like, I wouldn't not tell someone else to read it kind of thing. Karen Benson writes, like it? I couldn't even finish it. What kind of young adult was this written for? The writing is insulting. I cannot see anyone of any age appreciating this. Subject matter, A+. Plus. Writing, D-. minus. Is it a play, a diary, just some scribbling, someone scribbling some thoughts down? Not everyone is good author material. Which is ouch to Nicole Stone. How this was published is a mystery to me. Save your time. Fortunately, I borrowed it from my local library, but they can have it back. So very disappointing. I think the writing is actually good. I, it's, it, it's very much like a mixed media sort of situation not mixed media per se but like she is right he like justice is writing letters to martin luther king so it's kind of like journal and then there's um regular like storytelling and then there's also when they have conversations a lot of the time it's broken up like a play or like just dialogue which i actually appreciate appreciate i was about to say appreciate um because there's a lot of times when you're reading a book that's heavy with dialogue where like it gets redundant for them to say he said she asked he motioned as he above like those little quips at the end like to let you know what's happening like they're, they're not important so I almost don't mind for a book to I think this is maybe one of the few that I've ever seen do this but I don't mind for a book to just put the dialogue as dialogue because I don't need to know all the other background stuff. It's not important. If it's not important. Like a lot of the times they're having these classroom conversations. And it would very much be someone interjecting. And then like people just talking all together. So it wouldn't be like a very like 
well, this person talks and then they they allow the other person to think and then raise their hand and then talk and then this person puts their hair behind their ears and says this. Like, like it wouldn't happen like that. It's very rapid fire. So I think that the writing reflects the actual conversation. And I thought this book was fantastic. So whatever. Um, Mary writes, my Polish family was persecuted by the Nazis and Russians. So believe me when I say I get it. I won't ask which is worse, the Holocaust or slavery. This book is very one-sided and poorly executed. I don't think that at all. Um, Laurel writes, I did not like this book at all, but the teenagers are reading and raving about it. I could tolerate the horrible language that fills the pages. The main character is Justice, a black 17-year-old scholar headed for greatness. He has many talents, including very high scores on his college entrance exams, ACT and SAT. He admired Martin Luther King and always asks himself, what would Martin do? He comes out of poverty from a world filled with alcohol, cigarettes, weed, and other drugs. Cops have him stereotyped to be a criminal because of his skin color and choice of clothing. He has a different he has different run-ins with the police, and he has unfortunate situations dealing with bad cops. Yes, I know some police are bad, but I think most are good. This book felt one-sided and makes you feel anti-cop, or that's the way I felt. Okay, so that's probably what the person in the last one said when they meant it's one-sided. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, it, it is very much anti-cop. It's very much Black Lives Matter. It's very much anti-cop. And it's very, <laughs> very much, um, like, it's pushing a message. That's exactly what it's doing. Because she's writing a book for young black children to read because it's important. Or for young white children to read because it's important. Either way. Um, Diana Christie, Bianca Cardi. That's a fun, there's a lot of eyes writes, I did not like this book at all. It felt like I was listening to the news. Really boring. News is actually more, news are actually more interesting to me. So that to me just feels like lazy. I don't really know. Um, it, it definitely is topics that are in the news and in the media and things like that. But the way that it was done, I just feel like was very, um, it was very easy to consume and it was also very easy to understand. Like things were broken down in a way that made it like very palatable. So it it seems a little it seems a little something to be like, I'd rather watch the news. Like the news is catered for bullshit, but whatever. Next I have Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. I two uh, percent gave it one star. Um I've already read reviews for this one for books or like classics or whatever, but I'm gonna read this. These are different ones. I went and found more. Michael writes, worst book I've ever read in my life. I had to for school. When it was done, I went up to the teacher, ripped it in half, and put it on her desk. Why are you ripping books? Caleb Quest writes, fuck the Bronte sisters. Everything they write is terrible. Like, anyway. Jess writes, book bad. Mr. Rochester bad. Every time Mr. Rochester calls Jane an elf or pixie or some shit, it makes me want to barf. Bad book. Leah Della writes, I was going to write a horrendous review, but this book has already taken too much of my time. Good day, Jane Eyre. I just found that funny. Bailey Shrewsbury writes, God, this was the worst time of my life, but it is finally done. Maddie writes, no more torture. I think a lot of people have to read this for school, and so they finally get through it, and they're like, thank God I'm done. Gwyneth writes, well, well, what to say to Bronte? Bronte, nothing personal, girl, but I feel, but I was forced to read this, and well, whenever I'm forced to do things, it doesn't usually go well. The plot twist got me. I can't lie. I'll give you that, but it was hard to get through. Where's the spice, hun? <laughs> Just personally, not for me. Where's the spice, hun? You wrote this a long ass time ago, but there's no spice. J.P. Neri writes, absolutely not. Long-winded with no significant story sort of a story at all 
The only thing this book is good at is a doorstopper. The writing is repetitive and the book is very slow, though the overall story is nice. I think the author could have written the book in a lot less words and achieved a bigger impact. Overall, a good and cultured addition to the bookshelf, but don't expect it to ever leave from there. So let's talk about this. You're giving it one star, but you're going to keep it on your bookshelf because it's fancy. And you see the merit to the thing. You just think it was too long. So to me, that's like at least two stars. Um, I do agree. This is just like kind of a thing that happens, I feel like, with older works is that they say entirely too many words and you just have to deal with that. But, you know. Coco writes, me during this book. Chapter one. This seems decent. Chapter eight and nine. Wait. What? Eight years. What? Chapter 15. How did we end up here? Chapter 20. Jane! Stop. Chapter 30. I don't even know, but things are getting less boring. Chapter 37. Dot, dot, dot. Chapter 38. I don't know if I'm disgusted or confused or both. All opinions on this book and any other are respected and understood. This is my personal opinion. Please do not feel offended. If you are, if you do, I'm sorry. I appreciate when people say, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend you. If you like it, that's great. Sierra writes, Charlotte Bronte in the studio like, yeah, this sounds boring and creepy as fuck. Let's drop it. <laughs> the Midnight Library by Matt Haig. 1% of reviewers give it one star. Books with Brittany writes, oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I have issues with this. I'm actually quite upset at the way the, this book handled the subject matter. Like, really? This is the equivalent of a Tumblr poem as a cure for depression and suicide. Based on my past experiences, I found this mildly insulting. Probably lengthy review coming in my June wrap-up. Can't believe this is my five-star prediction. That is a letdown when it's your five-star prediction and you actually hate it, so I feel for her. Um, but I feel like this deals with, like, depression and suicide fairly well, and I think it kind of is supposed to be, like, kind of like a look at the bright side or, like, a, you know, explore other versions of how this could go. Like, would it be any better? I don't know. I, I personally thought it was handled well, but I don't typically deal with present thoughts or suicide or anything like that so maybe I just don't see that Jay Lenny writes this book's message could have been inscribed on an inspirational poster or a very large coffee mug Marta the book slayer writes what do you get when you mix predictability and dullness the midnight library this book is this book really fucking sucked every single review I read I loved even a close friend of mine recommended this to me so imagine my surprise when my eyes were incapable of rolling back for the 74th thousand 34th time due to the tedious plot the main character was annoying already forgot her name but don't care enough to look it up from the first chapter you're able to figure out what she's going to do and how her story will end the only reason i feel bad writing this review is because i don't want to bore you as much as this book bored me uh i got a text message in the middle of reading those so it was not paying that much attention um a lot of people did say it was boring, and a lot of people didn't like the main character, um, but shes I don't think she's necessarily supposed to be very likable because um, she's dealing with stuff, so, you know, whatever. Karen writes, reading this book felt like being trapped in Facebook hell, being force-fed philo philosophical self-help memes, finishing it was a test of endurance. Yumiko writes, nearly gave me depression. I feel like that's kind of funny if you are into dark humor. Amanda writes, I feel like I'm missing something here. I liked the concept and I'm always down for a parallel universe butterfly effect type stories, but the moral of the story was kind of trite, predictable, maybe even condescending. I feel like the treatment of depression and suicide was stereotypical. Like, just learn to appreciate how beautiful your life is and you won't be depressed anymore. I really did read, like, it really did read, like, one long, have you just tried not being depressed? This really shallow message combined, combined with very flat characters didn't leave a lot to enjoy. So I guess I can also see that. 
like point of view where like it does kind of like it does kind of get to the point where it's like your life could be worse um but I think that's true about everybody's life like a lot of people have it pretty bad but I do think that there's a case to be made that people that are dealing with things and whatever it's like if there is a bright side or like you could um things could be even worse and that doesn't necessarily help you so maybe this book just isn't meant for someone that's actually struggling with these things at the moment um maybe it is more for people that maybe have been in some situations and they can appreciate you know getting out of it or people to see how people with these kinds of things um feel and things like that I'm not really sure but you know Jess writes he's right about books being good but this one isn't (laughs) Bonnie Randall writes, a sad sack heroine who pisses and moans and is never satisfied. Was I supposed to care if her suicide attempt was successful? Add a patronizing conclusion, and it's a hard no from me. This just feels super harsh. I don't understand the point. I also don't know why I put this one in here. Lovely Day writes, DNF at 2% because of language. One S word, one F word, and two abuses of God's name. <laughs> oh no, Lovely Day. So many bad words. Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore. 1% gave it one star. Madeline writes, Ugh, this book was terrible. The premise was interesting, but the execution was atrocious. No explanation of why she time travels, a ton of key plot lines completely left unexplained, uninteresting characters, and mediocre writing. Libby writes, Una might just be one of my least favorite characters I've ever read. Self-absorbed, whiny, this book was largely spent lamenting about how awful it is to get older and fatter. I kept reading expecting for her to have some type of revelation, encounter these thoughts, but the way it came out was kind of, was disappointing. As many other reviewers have said, the concept of this book was interesting, but the book for me just wasn't. I actually think this is very unfair because she was like 18 or 19 when this whole time travel thing started. So imagine being a literal teenager and this happening and all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, middle-aged with like a husband or something and you're just like supposed to just be fine with the fact that you're super old now like I don't think that's realistic at all so I think that she being like kind of whiny and stuff like she's missing out on her her prime years and like things are not going the way that you would think they would be so I think that's actually unfair Missy Cahill writes time traveling books need to have to be done well if they're going to work this was a total flop and left me with so many unanswered questions how do the other unas know when she's going to jump to that particular year una herself was just a terribly boring character with no substance this book drove me nutty i couldn't understand her obsession with dale because we knew so little about him ugh no um, Kathy writes, I was so excited when I found this book. The story sounded really interesting and different. Unfortunately, I became disappointed very quickly. The main character made it impossible for me to enjoy this book at all with her immature attitude and poor choices. The book became painful to finish at the end. By the end, I really wasn't interested in what happened to her at all. Glad to be able to move on to better books. Vanessa writes, I can't stand Una. I think Una is a terrible name, by the way. Mara writes, I can't even with this book. Maybe I read too much sci-fi, but it drives me nuts that the author can't be bothered to even begin to explain the time travel. I only made it through about one-fourth of the book. There's so only so much whining I can take from a main character who, instead of trying to figure out what is happening to her and why, just accepts everything and whines about it. I was just talking to um, the kids I nanny because um, when, uh, the little girl I nanny, she got a book. It was like a graphic novel, and the main character time travels. And her brother was like asking her all these questions about 
about it and was like, that sounds stupid, blah, blah, blah. How does she, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, don't make her try to explain a time-traveling book to you. Time-traveling books are impossible to understand or explain or to write. (laughs) Like, they're never good. There's always plot holes. Like, don't make her explain a time-traveling book. Mara writes, I can't even with this book. Oh, wait, I just read that. My bad. <laughs> Jessica Rowell writes, Someone come scrape me off the pavement. This book was full of whining and complaining. At first, I felt very sorry for Una. Going from teenager to an older person and realizing many years of loss all at once would be very sad for anyone. That's what I just said. But after she left from year to year and did nothing but whine and complain all year long every single year, it was just too much. I think it would be absolutely terrible to go through what she goes through in this book. So, in my opinion, I think it's valid. Allie Merrill writes, I really wanted to like this one. The concept was a really cool idea, but horribly executed. I hated this book. I wouldn't recommend it. Not only is the main character super unlikable because of her selfish immaturity and stupid decision-making skills, but the author does a terrible, does a horrible job at telling the story. There are too many loopholes and unanswered questions to the story. Amy writes, boo, hiss, silly, no original ideas, a waste of my time. Little Miss Fab 1 writes, you are on page 260 and extremely frustrated because this book is getting more boring as it progresses, though you feel the need to finish after invested so much time already. Hate this woman. She is self-centered. A series of short stories, better named Chasing Dale. I do think I remember not really liking the Dale of it all, but it is what it is. Alex Anchor writes, I've already reviewed this. Where'd my review go, buddy? (laughs) Anywho, it was along the lines of, what a pile of smelly bollocks if you need to know. Thanks, Alex. Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas, 0% gave it one star, and only a handful of them even had reviews. Kelly writes, I tried. I can't read this. I acknowledge that most of us talk a bit in slang, but it is very uncomfortable for me to read a book that is entirely filled with slang and butchering of the English language. Perhaps if I'd had more patience, then I could have seen the value in the story, but I just couldn't get past the writing. I feel like that is very small-minded because not everybody talks the same way that you do, so the slang... um, being an issue then you could have listened to the audiobook maybe because that's what I did and not for that reason just because I like Angie Smith's books as audiobooks Jen Smith writes I couldn't finish this no plot no intrigue and maybe it's my current stage in life but reading about the troubles of having a newborn was not the escape I needed I think that's probably fair this was probably like an adult talking about this and so like yeah like uh if you're you have a child like reading about how it's like super hard to have a newborn probably not like escapism for you Valerie writes, DNF, The Hate You Give gives you the narrative of the story. Not necessary to read this one. I think that's kind of true. Like, if you read The Hate You Give, you don't have to read this one, obviously. But I do think it was very interesting to get Maverick's backstory. And I think that Maverick is a way more interesting character to read about. Um, Maybe not more interesting than Star. I don't know. But I just, I think Maverick was a very interesting character. And I thought it was a very good book. Masita writes, It was difficult reading this book. There was a lot I couldn't relate to. I think that's kind of the point, but okay. Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Cosimano. 0% give it one star. Anna Avian Avian writes, I read YA novels that were more mature and well-composed than this book. This was like an episode from some children's cartoon series that was trying way too hard to be funny. Finley sounded like a clueless teenager, incapable of managing her own life, making one stupid decision after another rather than a parent with two kids. I don't think that's true. And how dare you talk about Philly Donovan like that? DR writes, I love a good cozy mystery with an eccentric, flawed underdog of a central character. That is what I was expecting after reading the teaser and the reviews. That is not what you get in this novel. What you get is a pathetic, unlikable, self-destructive protagonist who selfishly and stupidly puts both her and her children's lives in danger multiple times because she is incapable of managing her life independently of a man. 
It would have been even more offensive if her children had been likable instead of smaller, whinier versions of their codependent mother who spent half of the novel making ridiculously idiotic decisions and the other half mooning over the perfect, sensitive, hunky man that seemed to exist solely to orbit around her and fall in love with her charming, wig-scarf-wearing self. I may be in the minority here, but I hated these characters with the exception, perhaps, of Vero, and I hated this novel. I don't think any of that's true. I think that she does a lot and she's juggling a lot and it is a lot to be a mom and work and do all the things and she's trying and I think she's dealing with the fact that her husband just left and she's got, you know, things to adjust to and whatever and um, I don't think that you can say that about her kids because her kids are literally tiny but whatever. Lindsay writes, <sighs> major unpopular opinion alert. In my sweetest southern accent, this was the dumbest damn thing I have ever read what in the ever loving buttered biscuits okay I get you have to suspend belief that's fine but still this was plain ludicrous I picked it up a couple of weeks ago when I needed a breather and wanted to laugh I didn't I picked it up again hoping it was my faulty stomach bringing down my outlook but nope it was the book I was trying so so hard it was trying so so hard to be funny but it wasn't I appreciate a book that delivers those comedic moments with hilarious a hilarious punch every now and then at the right time see black buck now that had me laughing out loud but every single line does not have to ache to be funny because it won't be. That's what you have here. I wound up DNFing this at 100 pages. I can't waste another moment in this. Is the author probably hilarious in real life? Yes, but not on paper. I don't agree with that at all. I thought it was very funny and I didn't think it was trying. And I do think there's some element of having to suspend your disbelief. But I think that's the case with all cozy mystery type books. So, I don't know. Heidi DiUgino writes, this book was so terrible, not only couldn't I finish it, but I returned it to the store I bought it at. I could not be a part of the author thinking I like it. The lead character was a whiny victim and I just couldn't do it. Jennifer writes, five pages in and I knew this was not for me. So glad I got it from the library and did not shell out cash. Five pages into this book seems like, I don't really know. Nothing really happens. And honestly, the first chapter, you're like very intrigued because you're like, what the fuck is going on in this lady's life? Beth writes, Ugh, I didn't even like this a little. One star because I finished it, but seriously, Finley was so annoying. And she needs to get her shit together. Like, take a shower and take care of your kids. How did you, how did two guys have the hats for her? Zero consequences for any of her actions. All of the side characters were boring. I didn't think anything was funny. Everything that happened was so unbelievable. Just no, no, not at all. I can't believe I pre-ordered the second book. That is bold. It is one thing to think you're going to give a book five stars. It is another to order the second book without even having read the first book. Olivia writes, this is the perfect book for people who enjoy rom-coms. I enjoy documentaries about the decomposition of human bodies, British thrillers, and the occasional house flipping. Clearly, this book isn't for me. I appreciate that Olivia knows her interests. Angelica Balak writes, it would be good if it was funny. Well, it is not, and the story is ridiculous. Um, I'm sorry that you feel that way, because I don't agree. All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover, 0% gave it one star. Deborah writes, nope, nope, nope. So problematic, plus I'm so annoyed by people not talking and avoiding problems. You would be, you would avoid so many problems and drama if you just talked. Come on. This book was basically about the main characters avoiding her problems. It would have lasted 300 pages less if she just talked with her husband. I'm so sick of this trope. Lucy writes, dear book, it's not me, it's you. I wanted to read something heartbreaking and Coho is, Coho book is always a great choice in this genre, but... It just didn't work out. I couldn't connect with any of the characters and honestly wasn't invested in the infertility issues either. I think switching before now, bef switching between before and now chapters didn't work well for this book. And I also didn't like the lack of communication between Gr Quinn and Grimm. I don't say the book is horrible. It's not. But I didn't enjoy reading it. Therefore, one star. 
Aber writes, biggest disappointment in the history of disappointments. Alicia writes, I'm so confused. What is the point of the story? This was just all over the place for me. This was one of the hardest reads ever for me. I could never get into it. I'm happy for those who enjoyed it. I saw four and five star ratings for this, but I'm wondering how. What was I supposed to get from this? I tried the book first, then I tried the audiobook. I still have the same empty feeling. I think the empty feeling is kind of the point. I had an empty feeling when I read it too. Um, I do appreciate people that realize that, you know, that's great. I'm really glad you liked it. I didn't like it. Moving on. Sarah writes, Jesus Christ, I read to escape the reality of the world. This book is nothing but suffering. Can one woman go through some... Can one woman go through so much? The back and forth made zero sense. It's such a damn tragedy I can't even get into. Now I need a fucking sappy ass book to erase this crap. Ray writes, fucking cheater. Becca writes, this book should have a trigger warning for infertility and the couple being inseparable. The only good thing to come from this book is a reminder, communication is key in all relationships. I will say that. I mean, there's always that. Olivia writes, no, I hated this. It had the cringe and quality of something that a 12-year-old would publish on Wattpad. Hoover's other stuff is, act is like actually decent, which made this so disappointing. I don't agree. Her writing is Wattpad writing. Anyways, I have her new book on pre-order for tomorrow. Let's pray. It's better than this. Shelby Delaria writes, This book is about a woman who can't get pregnant and her husband misses her so much she kisses another woman and then he gives her a box full of letters he's written her and she magically decides to love him again and they live happily ever after. Apex writes, The H cheats and the author justifies it and blames the H. You need to specify hero and heroine. Why can't you write those out? The end. Ia writes, I cried, but for myself and how much time I've wasted reading this and not for the characters. You know, that's, I understand. It's fine. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants by Anne Brashers. 2% gave it one star. I will say I really loved this one. I gave it five stars, but then I read the next one and I absolutely hated it and I DNF'd it because it was terrible. Anna writes, I hated this book. I heard it was good from the same person who recommended the movie Aquamarine. Should have been a sign. <laughs> I also like Aquamarine. So I decided to read it and it was terrible. The writing was reminiscent of novella adaptations of movies. You know, the simple writing. The characters made me want to vomit and the entire story was based around the stupidest thing I could think of. A pair of magical pants that somehow fit everyone in the group of four girls, even the super skinny one and the really fat one. They went their separate ways that summer, sending each other the pants at different times as... They took turns insisting that they weren't pretty and marveling over the magic of friendship. I'm starting to think Anne Brasher and Stephanie Meyer were separated at birth. I think that is harsh because I don't think the writing is anything like. Jennifer writes, horrible book. Don't let your children read this. It creates unrealistic expectations of friendships, relationships, and life in general. I think it creates positive expectations for friendships and relationships and life in general. The idea that you're pretty no matter your size I think is an important message, but okay. Elsie Girl writes, I know that this book was aimed at the teenage market, but I have read teenage books before and enjoyed them. This one, to me, was far too immature and very unrealistic. The main criticism of the book was the story change within a chapter. It was very confusing. One page would end with the one girl's perspective. The next page, another girl's story would start with no indication it was a new story. Very confusing indeed. I think, like, it could have been maybe each chapter was a girl and whatever, but it does break up and it is a little bit difficult sometimes, but it's also pretty easy to figure out because there's only four of them and they're also different so I don't think it's that hard. Jen Mario Corradi writes wasn't about fucking pants at all dumb ass book shit ass recommendation from a shit aunt. I'm sorry to your aunt. Katie writes this was good just like the movie smiley face I like it but you gave it one star Katie. Diana writes magic pants how fun but you gave it one star. 
Kristen writes, didn't finish. I read about halfway through and skimmed the rest. I didn't care for any of the girls very much, and some of them I really kind of hated. It's impossible... It's possible that I didn't care about any of their storylines because I've seen the movie, but maybe they were just bland. And I'm sorry, but the magical pants thing is stupid. Obviously, I knew about it ahead of time. I always thought the premise was stupid, but I thought I could ignore it enough to enjoy the storyline. I was wrong. It's ridiculous and a silly thing to base an entire series on. An entire series, maybe, but a book, no. Marie writes, I just couldn't finish the book. So superficial and stupid. I mean, prior to this book, I read about the Holocaust that was thought-provoking and real, compared to which this book is a piece of trash. If this garbage is what passes for entertainment or positive femininity, we are in trouble, girls. I don't think that's fair at all. I don't think everybody wants to read books about the Holocaust. Bethany writes, I honestly didn't have high hopes, but there were too high for this book. The protagonists were so whiny, annoying main characters I have ever had the displeasure of reading about. Self-centered, overly dramatic, and contributing nothing positive to the world. Kind of like this book. Hannah writes, I did contribute enjoyment to me, so I don't think it was contributing nothing to the world. Hannah writes, even in 8th grade, I didn't like this. Sherry writes, the movie was better. I think that's a bold statement because I don't actually think the movie was better. I think the movie was actually terrible, but what do I know? Money's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. 0% gave it one star and, again, only a handful of reviews. I think that's because Tiffany D. Jackson is not a well-known author. I don't know if she's or not. I think she's fantastic, but um, I don't know. Jasper writes, if you think this is appropriate material for a 14-year-old, you shouldn't be raising children. I don't agree. I think it's important for 14-year-olds to read hard things, too. Lily Owlett writes, if I'm going to be honest, I had very high expectations going into this book because I read that it was going to be a groundbreaking novel about the, about social standards. Let this review be a warning. It is not. The whole plot is revealed in the first few chapters, and it seems like the ending was thought up on the spot and made no sense within the context of the book. I'm still confused if Monday even liked Claudia when the entire plot revolved around their friendship. And the idea of the bubble, someone please explain why it is mentioned at least three times on one page and serves no importance in the plot. I would rather drink the snot of a dog out of a straw until its skull caves in than read this book again. That is graphic. Bob writes, I want to read a full book, but I can't. I want to read the full book, but I can't because I have to pay damn money. I'm sorry, Bob. Norris Winnie writes, this book freaked me out. I do think the book freaked me out. I, I will agree with you. I think it was, you read it and you're like, oh, shit. Fangs by Sarah Anderson, 1% gave it one star. Again, there's only a few reviews. It's a like a comic situation. It's just like not even every page has words, so it's very small. Richard writes, I ordered this on a whim as an October treat because of the beautiful cover. It does have a beautiful cover. But you know what they say about never judge a dot, dot, dot. Fangs is a cutesy vampire and werewolf romance told in one-page cartoons that have the depth of love is or the family circus. It does remind me of the Family Circus. I think that's really funny. It's like Vampire, Werewolf, Family Circus. If you know, you know. Shiver. On the plus side, Anderson draws a sexy hipster. Carla writes, Heard so much about this book that it made it sound good. It wasn't. The artwork was okay and the story wasn't there. It was little comic strips that weren't funny. And though the cover was beautiful, the whole of the book was the inside. What really mattered was a huge letdown. A vampire meets a werewolf and they date. It wasn't even cute. The jokes were lame. There was no plot and it was just a few panels on a page. It was a great disappointment. Don't waste your money. I do think uh, it's cute and I would own it just because it's cute and the cover is stunning, but I can't justify buying it because it's honestly not a book. Like it's, it's definitely decor. Alan Anna Memon writes, the best thing about this book was that it was a little funny. <laughs> a little funny and you only give it one star. Jamama writes, the cutest vampire ex-werewolf love story. Also, you give it one star. 
Carla Jennings writes, sweet and short. It wasn't my favorite graphic novel, but it's not the worst. Super cute, especially if you love vampires. Again, you gave it one star. Sometimes I think people just like hit the wrong button or they think one star is five. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure how this happens, but I feel like something happens and people accidentally click the wrong one. All American Boys by Jason Reynolds and Brendan Keeley. 0% gave it one star. Again, only a few reviews. Merlin Hansen writes, It surprises me how many educators have jumped on the bandwagon of this book and have not reviewed the actual statistics of police recruitment brutality versus crime rates in various communities homicide rates etc if you do the research using government and university studies versus believing the news remember they need to sell advertising you may see this book to be part of the problem rather than an inspiration for a solution it seems this book was more published for a convenient time to ignite more division and doubt and move towards unity good luck folks um so this book there is a police brutality situation obviously and um i think they did a good job dewey carlton writes anti-police anti-white liberal propaganda Sorry you feel that way, Dewey. Ethan writes, terrible. Books about police violence just encourage black people to hate police officers in general. Honestly, I understand the problem in our country, but I don't think it's best discussed in a YA book. Where do you think it's best discussed? What we need in this country now is for everyone to know that you have to respect and do whatever the police officers say for you to do. I don't disagree, but I don't think that if you don't listen that you should be killed. But that's just my opinion. Nelson Maya writes, in my opinion, this book was probably one of the best books I've read in a really long time. This book focuses on a topic that is very relevant to society in our country right now, police brutality. This book gives a good description as to what police brutality is like and how important it is. It also mentions the protests that protests happen in order for not only Rashad but other kids who have died because of police brutality to receive justice. Like I said, this book is really relevant to what has been happening lately in america for example the murder of george floyd sparked an outburst in protests about black lives matter and this book did a good job on giving insight on how black a black person's life compared to a white person's since the topic of police brutality against black people is something that i care a lot about i think this book is something people could read if they want to be educated on police brutality overall i really enjoyed this book and i hope the others find it as interesting and important as i did i don't know why i included this because it's clearly like they clicked the wrong button they probably meant to give it five stars instead of one star how do you not know? How do you not know? Bendover writes, which is Bendover. Like, why are we doing this? How old are you? This book is bad. Don't read it. Waste of time. The texts are written like a boomer. Oh, a boomer. Oh, no. Um, Austin Rand writes, it's okay, just a little one-sided and intense. It is intense. Uh, it's one-sided, yes-ish, but it's also trying to explain something. Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, 1% gave it one star. Sapphire writes, bad writing at its finest. I don't think the writing was bad at all. It's an accomplishment in itself to write a book this bad. Morgan Rogers, Rogers should formally apologize to Trees. Um, I think that's very harsh. This was her debut novel, and I think she did a great job. Shafa writes, what if you meet the love of your life and marry them in the same night, only to find out they believe in zodiac signs? <laughs> I do think that's funny. Kaylin writes, I wanted to love this book, but I couldn't handle the unnatural and fake deep dialogue, overly flowery expression exposition repetition and insta love it reads a lot more like a YA than an adult even the characters are in their late 20s early 30s i can see the appeal but it's just not for me i do think the characters felt a little young i do think that's probably true but you win some you dim some the soul mouth writes yuki and grace have that will divorce in five years energy i don't disagree phoenix writes this book was so bad i couldn't even get through it i really wanted to like it because of the cast because the cast made up of entirely um wait because 
The cast is made up almost completely of people of color and even held off writing this review in hopes of it getting better, but it never did. I think Rogers tried so hard to make a book a cute love story that came out corny and over-romanticized. Grace Porter may be one of the most dramatic and annoying characters I've ever read. I couldn't relate to even one of her struggles despite also being a queer woman of color because every issue just fell flat and came out flimsy. Every time I see someone about to buy this book, I advise them against it. I think that's a little harsh. Reading with Tara writes, Grace Porter, studious, organized, and has her life planned to a T until she has one drunken night in Vegas and marries a beautiful young woman she just met that smells like crushed herbs and sage. This young woman, Yuki, hosts a late-night radio station that is full of pseudo-deep topics that made me sigh dramatically every time she came on the page. That's pretty much the plot. For me, this story was pretty boring, and there wasn't much going on in the story. This book was probably more for young adult readers. Again, with the young adult thing, I don't disagree. Callie writes, this book honestly annoyed me. R.I.P. Lucy Tominova writes, um, I'm confused. Uh, well, uh, what are you confused about? Patricia Marie writes, how many books can we write about finding ourselves? How many books can we talk about family pressure and not taking time to find our true selves? As someone currently studying how to find your identity, you'd think I'd love this book. Nope, I thought it was cheesy and melodramatic. It's like six bad CW shows crashed into one. I love a CW show, but don't you dare combine them. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe it's important to take your journey and find yourself. Maybe I'm not in the right mindset, or maybe I'm just not being open enough, but this book was definitely not my jam. I think that you're going through something, Patricia, because... <laughs> There's only so many things books can be about. So books about finding yourself are pretty common. Laura writes, Manic Pixie Tumblr fan fiction, unfortunately. I also don't disagree with that. Marin and Rising by Leigh Bardugo. 1% gave it one star. Miranda Reads writes, 430 pages? Are you effing kidding me? I don't disagree. Sometimes these books are too long. Megan writes, It's like my all my worst fears for this series came true. And all I could think the whole time was, what the hell? Why? I'm so let down. A lot of people are let down. A lot of people didn't have the satisfactory ending that they liked, but I personally enjoyed it. Safia writes, the one star belongs to Nikolai. Imagine the growth from writing this garbage to Six of Crows. Again, I didn't like Six of Crows, so I personally think that this was great. Um, also, if I didn't make that clear, this is the third book in the Shadow and Bone series, if you didn't know. Now you do. Amy writes, the ending sucked and y'all are just cowards who are too afraid to say it. The ending was my favorite part. It made me so happy. Jennifer writes, I hate Alina. Lo writes, trash. Amanda writes, I trusted you, Lee. Jess writes, I'm just going to pretend that this never happened. Shadow and Bone was a standalone I or I never read this series at all. I think that's sad that this is how they felt. Um, but I do think that that is kind of something you have to do. That's what I do with Serpent and Dove. Serpent and Dove was a standalone. That's it. The end. Megan writes, I'm so angry. Patina by Jason Reynolds, 0% gave it one star. There's only three reviews and they're all positive. So I thought that we would just read some positive reviews because Patina is honestly such a wholesome little book. Ebba writes, really good book, but it's kind of slow starting. Ebony Miner writes, this book was this book was absolutely love this book. I can relate to it so much. It also taught me new ways to solve problems. I would recommend this book to anyone that might have problems with stress or get panic attacks from it. I would like to read more books from this author because in a way, she inspires me. Baby, baby girl, Jason Reynolds is not a girl. He's a he. Ava D writes, my favorite character was Patina because she had to deal with so much. Something that surprised me was that they got into a car wreck. I could not change the, I would not change the ending because I thought it was good. I wonder if Ava D is a child writing this. Um, and also, I don't think it sounds that weird that she said Patina was a favorite character because essentially all four of these books could be like one book put together. So the track series, if you haven't read it yet, it's great. Shipped by Angie Hockman, 1% gave it one star. Mavi writes, yeah, the romance was boring, the dialogues were cringy, the characters were bland, and the plot was all over the place. Okay. 
Sahiba writes, why oh why did I read this when I didn't like the unhoneymooners or the hating game? I would simply describe this story as mediocre on all levels. I didn't care for any of the side characters, the main characters, or the romance. I liked some of the scenes during the cruise and the ending, but boy, was this story filled with a whole lot of nothing. I tend to need physical attraction slash steamy scenes as it shows vulnerability and chemistry, but of course that's not always needed when banter and affection can make up for it, but it didn't in this case. The entire story wasn't very memorable, and I'll surely forget about everything in a week. How disappointing. So I really love The Unhoneymooners, and I gave this book five stars as well, um, but I did not like The Hating Game, and I didn't it. So uh, a lot of people compare that book to those, and um, I don't know. I liked one, didn't like the other. C. Marie writes, I was lucky to receive this as an e-arc from NetGalley. I was really looking forward to it, but based on, on the blurbs, I was really looking forward to it based on the blurbs that it was a perfect mashup of the Unhoneymooners and the Hating Game, but I should have known. Blurbs are often misleading, and obviously their sole purpose is to entice you to buy the product. The book was nothing like either of the two. I don't think that's true. Sure, some similarities in the plot, but the writing was far below the other two, and the dialogue and character development was so immature. This was so boring, it was a struggle to continue that I almost didn't. Um, I actually think that the characters in the hating game sound immature, but, you know, you do you. Danny writes, what the fuck did I just read? Alice Kniffy writes, I feel so rude giving a book just one star, but this was just not for me. I appreciate that you don't like to give one stars. Ariel Alley writes, I can't finish this. The protagonist's self-loving combined with her general incompetence and dislike of everyone else is too much to wade through. The author's attempts at humor are all embarrassing and uncomfortable. Please read The Unhoneymooners instead. The Unhoneymooners was good. Kennedy Mastrononi writes, Boring Insect. Valerie the writes, the book was extremely underwhelming. Given the blurb and comments from other authors, I was missing it was missing the mark with its characterization and bland storyline, which seemed like a wasted potential to me. The main character was annoying and assuming, causing an unbelievable amount of drama and misunderstanding. Furthermore, the love interest was portraying as a one-dimensional character who added nothing to the story apart from filling a role as a nice guy. It seemed like his attraction towards the main character was all unjustified because there was no reason for him to have any feelings for her as she was constantly rude and disrespectful. Overall consensus, don't waste your time. The storyline is not well planned, and the chemistry between the main characters was unconvincing and maybe even slightly uncomfortable. Would not recommend at all. Beatrice Moraz writes, This book is just so bad I had to drag myself bleeding all the way to the end. And when I got there, I wasn't even relieved that I had finished it, but sheer anger for making myself lose so much time. Playing characters, calling them two-dimensional would be a compliment here. Really entirely unrelatable. Felt too stiff, too square for any relationship to be natural in the slightest. The overall idea was good and should have been fun. Maybe if turned into a movie, the story stands a change of being savage of being salvaged is what she meant to say highly unlikely though poor execution from beginning to end important issues being thrown to try to make complexity out of these characters and it just ended up being borderline offensive to the issues at hand god don't waste your time on this book just don't lisa writes suggested during a book club zoom meeting oh my god do you remember all the zoom meetings we had at the beginning of quarantine i read shit by angie hogman several months ago and i can barely recall it as i look at the cover now it's coming back to me the story has to do with a competitive relationship between two work colleagues in the travel industry who had not yet met in person their boss decides to send them on a cruise to the galapagos islands as a competition to create the best social media buzz for their company the prize being a promotion to the top job shipped was a quick enjoyable romance so why are we giving it one star Emily writes, thanks to having a sick kid that kept me up most of the night, I flew through this. Definitely not a favorite of mine. The enemies to lovers trope is not in the top romance themes, and it really felt overdone. I think the author was trying to embed deeper topics of climate change, Euro, ecotourism, etc., but it didn't really flow with the main storyline of the obsessively career-driven woman racing against her work enemy to get a promotion who ends up falling for him and getting an even better promotion. It was overdone, and the characters, Henley in particular, were shallow, wouldn't recommend. 
Sierra Garza writes, terrible. Henry, Henley was truly the worst character, totally unlikable. I'm not even sure what the point of this book was. 10 out of 10, regret picking it up. Clearly, I sound like a negative Nancy, but I honestly don't have anything good to say about it. I appreciate your honest opinion, Nance. Jenny writes, sorry, I didn't like it. Build is a rom-com, and yet there is zero comedy. Also, not a lot of romance. There is more here on how to put together a presentation of ecotourism. Take out all the other stuff, put this puppy in nonfiction, and call it a day. The last thing you told me by Laura Dave, 0% gave it one star. Natalie Lamb writes, this book was straight up stupid. Erica Lieb writes, I enjoy reading a two star and below reviews more than I enjoyed the actual book. I, at least I'm not alone in my reaction to the faulty plot. Hannah's characterization made no sense. She starts off as a flighty, artsy, successful woodmaker who daintily loses her parking ticket on the first date with Owen. Then she, mind you, with no progression, grows into a super mom and detective of the year. She also seemed to drop her career along the way. Lots of random side plots and characters with unanswered questions. Don't care to know the answers, just really bad read. Crystal Craig writes, not a thriller, but a slow-paced mystery with far too many words, very wordy. I found the characters bland and the plot dull. I kept reading, hoping for more to happen. Not the book for me. However, I see others enjoyed it, and that's the beauty of the written word. I agree, but also, I read this book really fast, so... I don't know. Shika writes, it is so bad. I want to give you a zero, but that's not possible, so I give you a one. This was the Tyra Banks thing on TikTok from forever. It was it was too much. Daenerys writes, they really decided to write a book about a woman's drama with her stepdaughter and call it a mystery. The main character annoyed me the whole time, and I hated the treatment of her niece. Her niece. I think it's her stepdaughter. I also have no fucking idea what happened at the end because I skimmed through it, and I was so bored. There just weren't any good twists or anything either, so I just wasted my time. McKay writes, there was so much hype for this book that I assumed it had to be somewhat good. No, it really isn't. Boring and depressing, blah, just stop following the hype already. Allie Webb writes, real rating, zero stars. I was so disappointed by this book. And it's funny to me that so many people, like, really, really hated this book because I actually think it wasn't that bad even if you didn't like it. Like, I don't think it could be, like, terrible. Rachel writes, slow, repetitive, and ridiculously unrealistic. I know I am in the minority, but I don't get why this book is so popular. Katie Kading writes, far-fetched and overrated. Protect her. Protect my friends from reading this stupid book. Nazinen writes, boring as hell. Wasted my life on it. Brianna Caldwell writes, I'm not sure why this is considered a thriller. Nothing thrilling about it. The book was disappointing and anticlimactic. I do think it's marketed wrong. I think it's definitely like a mystery. It's not a thriller, but it's fine. Gaurav Kumar writes, love the characterization and family drama. Could have been a well-done mystery, but what I can't get over is if he really loved his daughter so much and he wanted to protect her, why would he just take off without her? If his photos would have ended up in the media, the gangster people would have still tracked his daughter and wife down and killed them to hurt them. Leaving Bailey back to protect her makes no sense. If anything, he abandoned her. Or is it just me or is that too big of a loophole? I kind of feel like maybe I shouldn't have read that review, but we're here. Hillary writes, I almost gave it two stars, but I feel it's too generous. This book annoyed me. At first, I found I couldn't put it down, even though the writing was mediocre. The storyline drew me in. But the last 100 pages fell over a cliff. Absolutely ridiculous. And when I read the acknowledgments and learn the author spent eight years writing it, she lost me there. I don't remember that, but that is quite a long time for this book. Eloise Kern writes, this book is the epitome of my biggest pet peeve in thrillers. Two-thirds of the book is spent on the narrator processing how crazy the situation is over and over and over again. We get it. Your world is turned upside down. The mystery works and... But all the fluff in between is trite and painful to get through. I can appreciate that. Chrissy Becker writes, I'm not one to give one-star reviews, but honestly, there wasn't anything that I liked about this book. I think I was supposed to be moved to feel something at the end, but I didn't care enough about any of the characters. I didn't feel any kind of real connection with them, and the connections between characters felt very forced. The dialogue was cheesy. The plot was pretty dull. The main character, Hannah, was just annoying and really didn't even fit well into the story. The whole story could have done without her. It might have been a better book had it been told from Bailey's point of view. 
Brian Chook writes, I like the book so far, but I cannot stand this 16-year-old brat. <laughs> Tara writes, are you kidding me? Wilma Glader writes, started reading this book because I was in the mood for a juicy mystery with a side of romance. What did I get? A realization of how easy my puke reflex is activated. I hated the characters. Oh, so she's a woodturner who wears dungarees, no makeup, and wears her hair in a messy bun with curls falling out of it? Well, slap my ass and call me Sally. She's not like other girls. And what is it with all the women in this book being described as breathtakingly beautiful? Why? And don't get me started on the storyline. Oh, my God. <laughs> Molly writes, this was a lifetime movie masquerading as a book. It started as a fun, breezy read, but it quickly became far-fetched and cringy. So I truly have no idea how many books I have left, but I feel like I'm like halfway through the page or something, like halfway through this document. I don't know. This document kind of goes on forever. So I feel like I'm going to stop here and I'll do a part two at some point because this is just like too many to read back to back when you have a baby that you need to go take care of. Um, so I think I'm going to stop here and I will continue on with this at another time. But hopefully that was fun. If anything, it was just like you know, listen, I'm telling you, it's it's a little late because it's the end of the podcast. But when you crank my voice up to like two times speed, my voice sounds way better. So just crank me up to two times speed and put me on the background and like fall asleep. You know, it's like a soothing, just like someone reading a story to you. Maybe that's how it can be. Again, this is like super unhelpful because um, it's at the end of the podcast. But you could keep it in mind for next time that I do this because honestly, reading those like some of them were funny. They weren't all funny, but maybe you found some of them funny. I just think it's funny when it's, like, books you know and then to, like, hear someone's opinion about it. And if it's a book you like, to hear someone's opinion about it, it's kind of like, ooh, don't say that about my favorite book or don't say that about this book that I liked or don't say that about this book that I gave five stars to. So I just think that's kind of funny. So if you read any of these books and um, you felt personally attacked by any of these, I'm very sorry, but I just thought they were funny. So I'll probably do another part, um, doing the rest of these that I have written down. I think I literally did every single book I gave five stars to in 2020. And that was probably like, I don't know, like 40 books or something. So we'll do the other half next time, even if this was too boring for you. Until next time, friends. Ciao!